Welcome to Autism Communication Toolkit. We are your host, Sherry Summers. And I'm Alicia McManaman. And we are two pediatric speech-language pathologists. We are here to help you cut through the misinformation to help you shift your thinking about what it truly takes to open the door to communication so that you can take charge and become your child's best communication partner and advocate. Today's episode is sponsored by Step-by-Step Academy, a six-month parent coaching program designed to help parents unlock their autistic toddler's communication. Schedule a free 20-minute consult with us, and you can email us at sherryandalicia at connect-speech.com. That's C-H-E-R-I-E-A-N-D-A-L-I-C-I-A at connect-speech.com. Or you can find us at our website, which is www.connect-speech.com. Let's get started. Welcome back. We are so happy to be here and we're so glad that you have made the time to listen. Let's jump right into today's topic, sensory needs and how you can incorporate sensory activities that feel good to your child while working on back and forth interactions. So first of all, we wanna be clear that we are not occupational therapists. Uh, Occupational therapists are the professionals who know the ins and outs of the sensory system. Um, And we hope that you are, that if you are working with professionals that you have an OT um, on your team who's providing sensory strategies based on your child's specific needs in all the different areas. Yes, so we'll say that right up front. But while we are not OTs or occupational therapists, we do know that most of our autistic communicators need movement and they need sensory input. And the exciting thing is that as you work on our approach and are paying attention to every detail related to how your child communicates with you, you're probably also very in tune with some of their sensory needs, maybe even without even realizing it. And the truth is that when you are intentionally creating back and forth interactions that feel good for your child, Part of this is noticing their behavior and seeing what sensory input may feel good for them as part of that interaction. Yeah, so let's start with our most common example of seeking sensory input, our little runners, right? So many of the families we work with and the children we assess have children who are pretty much constantly in movement. They are running and jumping and running. And climbing. Yes. This can be so hard for parents and professionals because they find it difficult to interact when the child is in movement. So many professionals out there may spend a lot of time trying to actually get the child to come to them, to sit still, Mm -hmm. to stay. But if you've worked with us or you know anything about our approach, then you know that we expect (laughs) that they will be moving. We expect that they will be running around the room and maybe in the beginning only tuning in very briefly. But as we know, this is where the work is. It is. (laughs) Yep. And this is where you bring all the fun, all of your tools to get them to tune into even briefly over and over. So as you know, you bring that fun and you notice, do they stop in their tracks briefly? Do they come closer, then run back out? What do they do? Right. And if you're using our approach consistently, then you are noticing all of it and bringing more fun to get more and more awesome. Now, what if you created interactions around that need to run? So this is a great time to use, I'm gonna Mm -hmm. get you and run towards them bringing all that fun. And then you begin to create a back and forth interaction here where they may run a bit and give a quick pause 
to see if you're coming and then you go. Right. Or they may turn around to see if you're coming and you go. Or you may go in front of them and do it. Do they turn and anticipate what's happening, that you're coming towards them? Then you go. So many ways that a running game of I'm going to get you can move into all the work you're already doing while meeting their need to run. Yeah, it's so cool. So what if you played a version of peekaboo, right? Where you pop out from someplace they are running by. <laughs> a couch, a curtain, a counter. Um, it can really be anything. And so think about how can that lead into a back and forth game that incorporates their need to run. Yeah, we have seen families start ready, set, go games as they start running alongside. And eventually they slow down to see if their child tunes in to see why they stopped. And we have seen parents pretend to be airplanes yeah. and cars and zoom around the room, um, really creating so much fun to share in that moment with their toddler. And some other things to consider when you see them running are back and forth interactions that incorporate big movement with their bodies, such as jumping, turning upside down, or spinning. And these are the exhausting ones <laughs> yes. for you parents that are using them. And we see it all of the time. So it's, you know, where you're lifting them up or you're swinging them around in some way, those kinds of things. And boy, do the kids respond to these types they of games. They love it so much. Yeah, they do. And you get so much interaction and create so many communication opportunities because your child wants them over and over and over again. <laughs> and they're for sure so <clears throat> successful in both feeding the sensory need, right, as well as building beautifully shared interactions. So you get definitely a bang for your buck with yes, those. Yes, totally. Um However, you know, we often worry as we watch videos about what it's doing to our moms and dads' backs. <laughs> yeah, we watch them and we think, oh my gosh, they are in amazing shape for sure. They don't need to work out in any other way. Um, so here are a few ways to try to minimize the strain while still bringing some big movement fun. So jumping on anything with you, a bed, a couch, a mini trampoline. Um, we have a family <laughs> with their own mini bounce house, which yes, is super cool. And jumping is really always fun. And you can create some shared interactions this way too. So think about incorporating five little monkeys jumping on the bed. Or you can do ring around the rosy with that big fall. These both leave opportunities for you to use your tools and for your child to join in Tune in first and then join in with you. Then there are the games where your child is standing on a chair or a couch and you sweep them up and give them a spin. You might flip them upside down. Anything that really feels good to them. And you will know because they will request it over and over and over, as we said, in whatever way they communicate it. You can also use swings, like outside swings, to both feed a sensory system and create that back and forth interaction with games like Ready, Set, Go. Then you push them higher if they like it or side to side or another fun game at the swing. And you can also create your own swing. So think about that. If you do it with... Um, like another blanket and then if you use a blanket and another person, right, you can put them in that blanket and you can swing them back and forth. So you can swing that blanket one, two, and then drop them on the nearby couch for three. Yes, they love that one too. <laughs> if your little one is leaning on you a lot, coming for lots of consuming hugs, you know, you can tell sometimes when a hug is they're looking for a little bit of that pressure 
They may respond well to games where you are providing more pressure or input to their legs and arms, like row, row, row your boat, where you are actually moving their legs. You can move them faster, slower, a little stronger, depending on how they like it. Or you can do the wiggle arms where you kind of shake their arms up and down if they like it slow or fast in some kind of dance. And dancing with them is such a great way to incorporate sensory activities. Um, many of the things that we talked about really can be incorporated with dancing and our families use this a lot as their go-to activities when their child needs movement or they aren't engaging as much as usual. So if your child is not too big, you can dance right. with them where what we mean is like where you're holding them and you're dancing yes. and giving them that input um, and create some fun movement. Yeah. So when you're holding them, you could take big steps or stomps. You can move back and forth. You can add in a spin. You can move them upside down, up and down, whatever they seem to like. We see it all and the kids love it. And then, of course, you give a quick pause, leave a brief space. You read their communication and you bring more of what they appear to like which leads us to a very important piece of incorporating sensory needs into back and forth interactions. So you must be really reading your child's reactions to the sensory experiences in the same way that you should be reading all communication. Yes, this is important because their sensory needs can change from moment to moment. So a fun game of going upside down that they're loving quickly can change to being overstimulating for them. So this is why you must read them, their sensory needs, just like you do with communication. So not only learning like their go-tos, what they really love and what they will always enjoy, like maybe spinning or jumping, but also, you know, taking the time to really constantly read and adapt within the moment, just like you do with communication. So important. It is because what is enjoyably stimulating one day may be overstimulating the next or even the next interaction. So you'll definitely read what they're saying to you without words. But if you have been working consistently with our approach, then you can read their communication here also. You know how to do it. And like everything else, this is just one of the many tools you can try. And often if you find a sensory experience that they enjoy, that gives them that big movement, you will get communication for it over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. Very often for our families, they get so much communication from for more here that they need to slow it down so that they can intentionally read the communication and leave space for their child to communicate because it often starts happening so quickly, mm -hmm. right? They want more and more. We can tell you for sure, though, that many, many of our families get that re get those repeated communication opportunities from simple movement games of really of any kind. Yeah. We've seen lots of different variations. Yeah. One mom sat on the couch and she let her son stand on her feet. She held her feet out. And as she held his hands, she lifted him up off the ground. A very simple game, but she played with the pace and noises to tune him in and with how fast she went up and down. And she created so many communication opportunities with this simple activity alone. So sometimes it's easy to get caught up in thinking you need to create more variety and create more and more complex interactions. And those will come too. But remember it's that it's the amount of the tiny repeated communication opportunities you are creating that are building those neuropathway connections. So the simplest games with movement, whatever type they like, are often where you will be creating the most progress. And of course, the more you have worked with our approach, the more you learn how to create variety, to add in objects, to expand to more activities and more areas. 
but don't forget the tried and true. When your child is restless or needing a lot of movement and sensory input, give some of these a try. And remember, you are always, always, always reading every bit of communication so you know what it is they like, right? What it is they are asking for more of. Yeah, so some reminders, read all communication and don't get caught looking for just one thing. This is common. Exactly. Often when our families are working, they get used to their child reaching or looking at them consistently. So then they start watching for those that specific communication behavior. But make sure when you are doing these movement activities that you are watching for all of it. Yeah, a little. Any or all of it. Yes, right. A little jump in the legs to let you know they want more, leaning their belly in, a small smile, tensing of their body in anticipation. When you're using these big movement activities, you can get a lot of repetitions and often it can look very different each time. So be sure you're on your toes and looking for it. And then you're gonna bring more. So on the days when your little ones seem especially dysregulated and it feels difficult to tune them in, try big movement. Notice what they are already doing, running, jumping, leaning on you. How can you create a very simple back and forth interaction based on that? So it's as simple as pick them up, swing them around with a big fun sound and put them down. Read the communication and do it again. Or dance with them as you hold them and move quickly, then pause briefly read communication, then bring more of what they like. Try all of the tools with the movement, your voice, your fun, songs, all of it. And keep in mind the simplest back and forth over and over creates the biggest impact. So don't overthink it, just move. If you have any questions on this topic or on any of our episodes, please do not hesitate to reach out to us by email or DM us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we love to answer questions and share what we can to help. Also, if you're interested in finding out more about our coaching program, email us to schedule a free consultation with us by Zoom. And as always, remember that true progress comes from the connection and communication opportunities that you create one tiny interaction at a time. And there is no one better than you to do it. Have a great week. If you liked this podcast episode, make sure to subscribe, like, and follow. Too few families have this information, and it's important for them to hear it as early as possible. And to help us spread the word, please leave us a review and share on Instagram and tag us at our handle at Connect Speech when you do. Or check us out on our website at www.connect-speech.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.